Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Real Talk Podcast, Halloween edition. Yeah, it's a spooky edition. We had such a fun conversation with Renee for this episode. We must warn you, lots of spoilers of horror films. (laughs) We couldn't help ourselves. You know, I mean, it's really, I feel for people, it's hard to talk about movies without spoiling them. But there are a few that we talk about specifically, and we do often like kind of pause to say like, oh, we're about to mess this one up if you haven't seen it. Um, So we talk about Get Out and we talk about Us. We talk about The Conjuring and Annabelle and The Nun. And I don't know if there are really any spoilers. You talk about bad hair, Jamil. Yeah. But just all of the spoilers. Yeah. So, you know, listener beware, I guess. But it's a fun and spooky conversation with one of our favorite folks on the podcast team renee who is always behind she's always here in these conversations because there's a whole team of us before jamil and i are hopping on the mic with our guests so renee is always always a part of that team week to week but man is she into spooky stuff (laughs) yes so this was super fun to record we hope you have all the fun listening to recording and we won't hold you any longer give it a listen Welcome to Real Talk. Real Talk is about real conversations with real people regarding diversity in higher education. I am your co-host, Jamil Harp, a student activist. And I'm Casey Counselor, a professor in the Communication, Media, and Screen Studies Department at Southern Connecticut State University. All right, Jamil, let's go. Welcome, Renee. Oh, hi. I'm very excited about this conversation because two of you have been in many conversations where I've expressed my obsession with horror and gory and slasher and demon-possessing type movies. I do this 12 months out of the year, but people only talk (laughs) about it for the month. But this is my life the rest of the year. I'm obsessed with it. So I'm very excited to have this conversation. I mean, this is why we're having the podcast, because you talk about it so much that we were like, I guess that we should make this a podcast. (laughs) We might as well. well. (laughs) Yeah, nope. I I love that that's what happened. We decided to make this an episode. Well, I I love horror films, too. So it's, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. It's a podcast now. So half of our team, right? Like half of the podcast team is like you all absolutely love horror movies. Like you live for it. The other half is an absolutely no, like, don't make me watch that. I will have nightmares. I don't go there. And I think that that's a split, you know, horror sort of brings out like a love hate relationship. You're either on that team or you're not. And you two are definitely on that team. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is interesting, like to think about how or why, I guess, there are some of us. Because I know for me growing up, horror wasn't always a thing for me, was low key bullied into liking horror, but like it's okay because I have an appreciation for it now. Like my parents like scary movies, it's entertaining for them, it's funny depending on the movie and the level of drama that they put into it, and also seeing just how movies have come a long ways when it comes to these, like this genre. But now, or actually, I can't really remember the thought process that I had as a kid, but I think it just, it's very boogeyman type 
and in the dark and I don't like that. I can't defend myself. I think now I once you, you know, figure out that it's not real life, I guess. I think that's the key is that it is just a movie with a script and don't take it so serious. I think real life is a little bit scarier than horror films, in my opinion. Well, you know, my favorite horror series is the Conjuring series, the whole Conjuring universe. I think they're really well produced. And Casey, you had to um, watch basically the whole series. I did, I did. Yeah, you were talking and I'm like, Ed and Lorraine who? And I thought you were going to just like reach through the screen and just... Listen, Connecticut <laughs> legends, you know, Connecticut legends. Um, grew up down the street by one of their famous projects. So absolutely love them too. Mm-hmm. And both of you. And so I am, you know, it's been about 13 years now that I've been with my partner who is very firmly anti-horror, anti-anything that involves like torture, murder, abuse, like any of that kind of stuff or scary stuff. I mean, she once got nightmares from my cousin describing a movie that she saw. She got nightmares from the description that my cousin gave her. And I mean, it was like, she's a visceral, she's a good storyteller, but still, you know, it's like, she does not go there. So that means like when we're watching movies together, we're not watching scary stuff together. Or even if it's something's too violent, it's like, no. So I'm not like, I'm sort of like non-binary when it comes to horror. Like I'm not a anti, I'm not someone who's like never going to watch something, but when you're married to somebody who's like, no, you know, then I have to stay up late by myself to watch horror movies. And I just have not <laughs> been doing that. So the first one, Jamil, if you had, and I had not been texting, I would have like, I wouldn't have made it through the whole movie. Cause the first one was the conjuring and you know, here we are in spooky <laughs> new England, Renee was like, you have to watch with the lights off. I did not do that. I had a lamp on. Oh, oh and, it's such, such a cheater. I okay. did watch with the lights off in my basement. I would not have made it by in my the basement. Throat. I would not have made it. I wouldn't have made it. <laughs> so, But I do have to say, like, there's a real difference in that kind of movie versus something like Saw or something that's just like brutality and gore and just nasty like like a, they're more like a ghost story type of thing it's a different I vibe love ghost spiritual movies it scared the crap out of different me vibe. though at some point i actually went i literally paused the movie i told you i need a snack and a hug and i literally did i went and i got a snack and a hug <laughs> and then i finished the movie <laughs> oh my God. we watched it together jamil paused it when i you know we paused at the same time and listen i was writing for you i was right there with you. Um, well, I virtually. know, you know, me and Jamil were texting while he was watching the third installment mm. of the current yes. spring. The third one gave me so much anxiety. Yes. Interesting. Just for like Ed and Lorraine's sake, I was so concerned for them. Yes. So concerned. I was more concerned for Lorraine. I felt for her. I was like, oh, you have all this, you've got these gifts, so you you have to throw yourself into it. But like, yeah, it's a lot. It's a well, lot. Have you made it to the third one yet, Casey? Oh, no. Okay, so let me tell you what I've watched. And then okay. also, we should explain who who Ed and Lorraine Warren are, because there might be like a couple people who perhaps don't know, like me. Um, I watched The Conjuring. I watched The Nun. I watched Get Out and Us. And I watched a documentary, highly recommend, called Horror Noir. 
So those are the five that I've watched. And I, yeah, we can talk more about those. But who are these people? Who's Ed? Who's Lorraine? Okay. Ed and Lorraine Warren, they are spiritologists or demonologists. They were popular a few decades ago. They have both recently passed. Well, Lorraine has. Ed passed, I believe, a few years before she did. They're Connecticut natives. They owned a home together in Monroe, which still stands and holds their collection of haunted items. I don't believe it's currently open to the public. At certain periods and times, it was. And a bit of Southern fun fact, they also used to visit us to give talks and speeches about their practice and how they would track down spirits and help families separate their homes from demons or attach things. Whether you believe in it or not, they were very popular. And they have visited lots of places in New England, in Connecticut. If you're from Bridgeport, you would know about the haunting on Lindley Street, which was really popular. So yes, and now they have a whole series of movies about their journeys, which is the Conjuring universe, which we're referring to. I also watched Annabelle, part of that universe. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. My um, favorite is Conjuring 1, though. Conjuring 1 is a mood. I almost want to say Conjuring 3 is kind of like my favorite mm. right now. I had a whole weekend that I dedicated to watching every single movie in the chronological order that it was released. So I started Friday, ended Sunday, started with The Conjuring 1, watched all of The Conjurings, all of The Annabelles, The Nun, and The Curse of La Llorona, which has been debatable if it's actually part of that universe, but I think it is, so I watched it in the dark. As in the dark. By myself at like the wee hours of the morning to make it even spookier. They're very, very entertaining. Okay, so I have a question for you both. When you're watching these movies, and like they do so much with sound, right? To be scary, like the sudden violin, you know, and like the jump scares, and there's, you know, the suspense, the whole thing. But when those moments happen, I viscerally feel like, like goosebumps. And like, I usually like literally clutch my chest. It just happens. It's a, a visceral feeling. I can feel like, like tingle, like my head tingle. I mean, it's, it's, it's freaking scary. <laughs> but like when you're watching this, Jamil's telling me all these movies that are deeply frightening to me, at least in the moment. He's like, oh, it's not even scary. So when, when you're having <laughs> these marathons, like what happens to you physically? Do you feel scared? No. 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 Nah, not at all. It's disconnected. No. But you know, maybe it has something to do with my childhood. Uh, My parents always said if I was grown enough to watch it, then I'm grown enough to deal with the results of watching it. So I've been watching scary movies since a small child, and they really never really bothered me too much. I tend to enjoy the suspense and thrill of it all. So no, I don't really get scared easy. I'm also not a scary person. You don't feel... Like, what is the thrill if you don't, like, feel, if you don't feel anything? Oh, the thrill is what's happening So you are feeling things. I really, well, kind of, I suppose. I'm on the edge of my seat, but not in a scared way, in a concerned for the character's way. Yeah, you just want more of it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm highly judging them. Right. Yeah. I think for me, like, it's more like I connect with the storyline. So I'm following the storyline. It's interesting to me. And then, yeah, you like bond in Mm -hmm. a way 
with the characters, especially characters like Ed and Lorraine, when you know, one, they were real people and these stories actually, you know, happened uh, for them. And you start to like actually care about the, uh, about the characters and you know, they're going to be okay because they were alive up until a few years ago. So it's different in that sense when you're watching, for me at least, when you're watching movies like that. Like, yeah, there are moments, especially, you know, those moments where you're expecting something mm. to pop out. You know something's there when they're looking for a spirit or something like that. You know something's there. And then they, they switch the camera super quick. And then, boom, it's like this girl hanging off the ceiling. Like, you know you <laughs> expect that to be there. There is that feeling of when that happens like oh shoot like she's right there but it's also like exciting mm-hmm. i guess like my feeling is more exciting and i like to see the story develop when and that's why i'm conjuring too because there's a sense of excitement and things that you don't see coming because a lot of scary movies like the the music tells you what's going to happen next the camera mm-hmm. kind of tells you what's going to happen next like you can see the jump scare as it's happening but with the conjuring movies they tend to be actually surprising. Yeah, I will say the the one that, like you told me, all right, look, because I'm watching Get Out and particularly us, inter- like us was very, okay, I might have been cooking dinner and like chopping vegetables while I was watching us, but I was quite nervous that I was actually going to cut my, my finger off. That movie, well, we, uh, you know, they're differently scary from one another. But Jamil, you were like, that's not scary. You're like when you watch the nun. No, when you watch I the nun, you want to leave a light on. But the nun was the least scary one for me, and I think I was trying to figure that out. I was like, why is this one like I? I feel dead inside. Like I don't. This is not scaring me. Really? I think it's because it's set in Romania, like in a castle, and that's just like very like I'm more scared by the like people in a house, an apartment, a basement, a, a street. If you're like in the woods in Romania. And like a ghost nunnery, it's like I'm okay because that is obviously fiction. Where the other ones feel closer. So you found Annabelle scary. See, I yes. that's what I didn't find scary. I did not find Annabelle. She doesn't do anything. Like I mean, her her presence being there does stuff, but the actual doll itself. Granted, if if she was sitting right here, I'd feel a little uneasy. Mm-hmm. But like watching movies, to me. I personally, I find nuns just inherently yeah. creepy. So the nun was not, <laughs> the nun was very creepy to me. But Annabelle, all of the animal, Annabelle movies to me were not that scary. Listen, I'm all. scared of the dark, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think I found the storyline of the nun scary mm. itself. But specifically the scenes when she's with the other nuns. And it's because the nuns were in her mind. Mm-hmm. Like, they weren't physically actually with her, but they were interacting with her the whole movie. I'm sorry, spoiler we'll, alert. We'll do spoilers later. <laughs> um, right, I'm over here just about to tell the movie. <laughs> but yeah, like, they weren't actually physically with her, even though they appeared to be. And I thought that was, like... And the mother like superior, like, super creepy. Okay, so I kind of... I want to, like, transition, yeah, if yeah, that's yeah. okay. I want... What Casey, I want you to tell your thoughts about your experience watching Get Out. Because mm. we were having a really good conversation about this over the weekend. Mm. 
So I kind of I kind of want to dive in, dive into that. That's yeah, I I mean it's one of those movies. It's like I can't believe I haven't seen that before. You know, having known about like what it is and what it does, and I think honestly, it's like one of the best movies I've seen. Period. Like in any genre, I think it's so brilliant, and it's certainly horror, but it's you know, and it's it's not that I didn't like us, but I just think that Get Out is this like perfect like social commentary, and it's still surprising and horrifying but like we get a different kind of ending and we have a different kind of hero and protagonist than you know we usually have and just from the very first scene with that the guy walking down the street a young black man walking down the street he's on his phone and he's like looking at i think it's like edgewood place or edgewood way he's like in a suburban neighborhood he's super creeped out walking alone at night i guess spoiler alert again (laughs) It's hard to talk about movies without spoilers, honestly. It really is. Uh, we're just going to spoil all these movies. Yeah, it's okay. It'll still be entertaining. Everyone will be fine. And he gets snatched. He gets, you know, like he gets like taken from the street. It's a horrifying scene. And you don't necessarily know where the movie's going to go from there. But like the basic, we move into a scene with, you know, of a black man and a white woman who are in a relationship and they're going to go home to her parents' house, and he's nervous about it. He's freaked out about it. She's like, they're fine. My dad loves Obama. He's going to tell you about it, but like, don't even worry about it. So that could be like a rom-com, right? That could be anything, and we have no idea what's to come. Yeah, it's been a minute since I've watched Get Out. I went to the theaters mm-hmm. and saw that movie. Um, <laughs> so it's been a minute. And so as we were talking about it, like, there were so many things that would pop in my head, like, oh, man, yeah, I do remember that. Like, I totally forgot about that first scene. I remember the character when he was, like, brainwashed and freaked out for having his picture taken and everything. But I forgot all about that. I think it's also funny. I don't know. I think that's, like, a different kind of horror sure. movie. Like, I almost find that that movie, there's maybe a reason. I could watch Conjuring movies over and over and over. And so, yeah, a point where I don't feel anything, maybe. Or it's still entertaining, but, like, at this point, I'm not going to get scared. Get Out, I've only watched once. And I want to I wanna say I'm subconsciously doing that. Hmm. I don't know that I can continue to watch that Me movie. too, Renee. I've only watched it once. And I don't yeah. feel the need to rewatch it. No. Even if I enjoyed the movie. I really wish that I knew why i think a part of me just finds that terrifying Mm -hmm. i think and i think that that's something too that happens not that people getting possessed by demons i guess doesn't but that's so real life like that's so real life that you know love love our interracial couples but like i i imagine that this is something that not to that extent but that's that happens that I'm like, oh, I don't want to see this and, again. But it was good. Hats off. Yeah, I mean, it's a you know, a horror film that's made by Jordan Peele, a black director, writer, producer for black audiences. There's no good white people in that movie, none, not one. Right. Right. And like, it is like he's creating a story, and we don't necessarily know where we're going to end up. And the ending, I feel like we have to talk about the ending. Because I think it's perfect. But, you know, when they get to the house, you know, I'm like, we start noticing like, oh, some stuff is weird. (laughs) But you have, 
you have the mom who's like this hypnotherapist therapist type you have the dad who uh, yeah he loves obama he talks that that white progressive liberal game you have the brother who's like this sadist really and then you have the girlfriend so they have, we have all of these sort of different representations of of whiteness within the one family but it gets at that fear of like really like white people are here to steal our souls yeah. and use our bodies like that's mm-hmm. a pretty fundamental fear yes and i think that's what makes it so special especially knowing i think this is what happens when you have black people creating mm-hmm. the art because they actually can tell the perspective of what we're most afraid right. of <laughs> what our actual fears are because the same you know and we've had discussions the same the things that scare white folks we see that manifest in horror movies mm. because normally it's white people dominating mm. those movies and they're more scared of something in a in a black cape and a white mask chasing them with a knife through the woods and for us we're scared of being in this in this case for the movie we're scared of being used and abused by white people or being brainwashed by white people or white people stealing our souls. It's funny how that's something to remember with all of those Jordan Peele mm-hmm. movies, how you put someone black in the director's mm-hmm. chair and it really does show what is horror right. for black people. Right. And I think about us, the movie us and how the, you know, there's a, a black family and they're friends with a white family and the white family is immediately <laughs> murdered like by their, the, the, their, what do you call them? Like their, that's a good point. They, oh, are. they just are out. It's like a, they don't, laugh no, we don't, they don't draw it out. He's just like, they don't survive this, you know? And here you have the black family who survives, you know, I mean, it's yes. a, more complicated than that, but they're fighting to survive in different ways. The whole <laughs> movie, <laughs> the white people, it's like, nope, they didn't make it. <laughs> They did not make it. And that's like... But it's always that trope of black folks don't make it through horror mm, films. Exactly. Right. And and <laughs> what I that's what I love about him. He's so smart. And like he that's like a trope that he just turns immediately like right on his head. You know? Like the white folks don't get out of this one. Well, that's something that I've seen, I've seen in... And this is a new movie. So... But it's, it's a remake. So if you've seen the original, then it's probably the same storyline but but I don't know that the director back then was black, but the new mm-hmm. Candyman, Yeah. The white people don't make it in that one mm-hmm. either. <laughs> I do think, I do believe Jordan Peele is behind that movie as well. It's, it's yeah. That guy is smart, mm-hmm. <laughs> that guy is smart to kind of, you know, make that or show that. You all, I gotta say like you and Renee or Jamil, you and Renee have been good teachers because I, where I was like averse to horror before. I think I've been like too dominated by my partner's point of view. But now I'm like, I can't wait to watch. Like I watched Candyman way back in the day in the nineties. And like, I want to watch that again. And then I'm like, really, I watched all the trailers for the current Candyman and I love Yaya. So like, amazing. I'm like, I've, I'm transformed. I'm really excited to watch Candyman. I love that. Now it's I have good- to also watch Candyman. I have not seen Candyman, full disclosure. I feel bad. I should have watched just- it, but I need to watch Can it we do that together? We can. I love that for us. I think we should do that together because that actually is a like a, another function of horror movies is to bond people together. Because when you have an experience of like 
you know, some sort of intense experience together. And horror movies provide that. That's why people like on dates, they're like, let's go to, you know, scary movie together. (laughs) But no, I think we should watch it together because it does bond audiences together. And also then I'll be a little less scared. (laughs) It's it's pretty creepy. I'm not going to lie. I went to see it at like a drive-in, like a drive-in movie theater in my car by myself because I'm bored. Yes. To answer your question, yes, I did check my backseat mm-hmm. several times throughout the length of the movie because I legit thought I'd look in the mirror and see Candyman. But I'm not going to lie to you. I already said this, but he was already he was only killing white people in that movie. So I felt mm. safe. I felt kind of safe. Like, oh, OK, even if he does appear, I'm good. But it's just I don't want you in my car. So can you not? <laughs> um um, I also did not look in the mirror and say his name no. five times. I have never been able to do that. Absolutely I will never not. Do that. We used to do that when I was a kid with Bloody Mary. Yes, Bloody Mary. Like, oh I did God. not participate in that either. So you're a little superstitious, Jamel. I'm not dumb. So I feel like I just feel like certain things you just shouldn't ask for in life. You know, I was always taught be careful what you ask for. So maybe I am. Maybe I am. Maybe I am, Casey. I don't know. Maybe you hit the nail on the or head. Or when you're watching these, like, hmm. when I was watching Annabelle, I'm like, okay, you're making all of these decisions, lady, main character, that I would never make. Like, why would you do this? Like, the doll is obviously creepy. You're you're afraid of it. You throw it away. And then it ends up in your new house. And you're like, oh, no, I'm going to keep it now. Like, really? Right. Like, Jamil right. would never do that. Jamil would not keep this Oh, no, Jamil would never do that. Absolutely, I'd have burned the doll. Right, I, and I mean, I'm sorry, but if that was black women, that's she would not exactly. That we would not. We would not even buy that doll to begin with. The fact that she was on a hunt for this creepy looking doll for her baby is beyond me. That would give the, your kid. That's going to give your kid nightmares. You do. You know what? Uh, let's pick on my mom for a second. I absolutely oh, she'll love adore this. my mom. Yes, when I was growing up in my basement, because I have a finished basement in the home I grew up in. It was a very large room. And I'm not sure if it's, I'm remembering this from a perspective of a child or how accurate this is. But what I do know is there were like 60 plus small porcelain <laughs> dolls. <in> like these <laughs> different old dresses. Oh. And I believe one was hanging from the ceiling on a swing. Like there was all of a these swing. in the room. <laughs> like a little miniature swing. And there were so many of them. And they were in this room for like years and we would never go into the room either. Like this wasn't a room we would hang out in, which I think added to the creepiness of it all. Fast forward, like eventually the room got converted into something else and the dolls are boxed up. My little brother finds these dolls. And what I mean to tell you the horror, (laughs) like he could not stand these dolls. Like these dolls are not allowed to leave the box. Like they have to stay in storage containers. <laughs> and I could have used that advocacy as a child. Mm. I probably could have used that. Yes. Very creepy room. Yeah. But why? But why? Yeah, there's something creepy about dolls for some reason. There's something creepy. Well, about they them. have eyes. Not but they're not like Yeah, they're like old porcelain they looking dolls. Look like, they're pretty creepy. Yeah. And they can swing yeah, on the swing eye. when you're not around. So, who are you telling? <laughs> oh, and speaking of black horror films, mm. let's talk about bad hair. I don't believe either of you seen nope. it, right? 
it's on Hulu currently still, I believe. It came out um, last year. Oh, it's new. So it is new. Oh, it is great. new. I stumbled upon it, but it's a black horror film, and it's a, a damn good one, if I would say so myself. Mm. So Bad Hair is about a girl, and she's working at a similar company to BET, but think about BET back in the 90s, you know, when it was up and coming. I'm actually not sure when BET was up and coming, but in the in the movie, this network is up and coming and is showing Black content catered to Black people. Then the company gets bought out by a white man and the company is moving in a direction for more white-centered audiences. So they're trying to get rid of shows that are too Black-centered or too hip and too funky at the time. And now you have girls that are going from wearing their natural hair to wearing all these presses. And there's a boss and she's a really important black figure in the movie and she has a silk press. And she's making all the girls go get these silk presses. And when they get them, they're being rewarded with benefits. Like people in the offense like them more and they're more important and they have better benefits and better show times. So there's this one girl who's really wanting to keep her hair natural, but she is finally convinced and wear down because they're going to cancel her show to get this silk press. So she goes to this very specific hairdresser as instructed to get this very specific um, weave done. Super expensive. She can barely afford it. She gets this done. Long story short, the hair is being taken off this tree and it seems like there's something wrong with the land that the tree's on. Let's pay the fact that the hair is coming off a tree. <laughs> no mind. Um, the land is like tainted with not blood, but like the lost lives of people. We don't really get into what it is, but like it's clearly tainted by the horrors of, um, of slavery somehow. So the hair itself is haunted. You get the hair in, you know, the first couple of days, Everything's going good. People love you. You know, you feel yourself. You're looking great, blah, blah. You don't want to get your hair wet. I love the part of the movie where it's like everything's fine for a minute. That's a good part for me. But the hair slowly (laughs) takes over your body. Like the hair possesses you. Like you become more vain. You become more evil until it eventually tries to kill others. And it's so good. It's so good. There's so many social constructs in it about like having to change your hair to fit your work environment and like how folks treat you versus how they wouldn't treat you. It's a really good film. Yeah. It sounds great. But I think about that as another movie that's kind of dedicated, like catered towards black audiences. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I also think that that is another fear <laughs> that truly mm-hmm. haunts uh, for us is losing your job and not being accepted for strictly just wearing your hair naturally, that's actually really creative. Mm-hmm. Turn that into a horror and movie. So I want to watch the movie, and I also want to know, like, the ending. Like, is it a... Oh, you want the ending? I mean, I, I don't... Ending. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> like, is it, is it like a Get Out style ending? Like... No, it's not. I think the ending was actually kind of common sense when you think okay. about it. Does it's a good ending? It's a good ending. Okay. I mean, does evil win? Is like what I'm trying to. Oh, kind but of. In a way that evil should win. You know what I mean? Um, 
it's on brand with the movie. Okay. The ending is definitely on brand. There is a sense of relief, but I suppose in some breath, evil does win. But can you blame evil? Right. Because of where the hair is coming from. Mm-hmm. I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, part of, you know, you mentioned that word relief. I mean, so there's like a few different types of movies. There's some movies that's like totally like, you know, conjuring world that you can watch. That's like, this is spooky and demons and all this stuff that at least for you all is not very scary. Then there's the stuff that's closer to real life. And also I would put in there like movies, like, is it contagion about the pandemic? The, yes. like, Jamil, you were like, as soon as the pandemic's coming down, everyone is like terrified and then some people are, are starting to watch like the British Bake Off and like they can't handle anything serious. And then <laughs> other people are like, I'm watching Contagion and I'm watching all the pandemic movies where like everyone in the world gets sick of this horrible illness and it's terrifying. I'm going to watch that. So again, like there's two different sort of psychological responses, but part of it is like the movie ends and you get some sense of relief, whether it's like, a quote-unquote happy ending or not the movie does end the horror ends and there's something to that right that was actually the first yeah. thing i did when we were um <laughs> of course you did <laughs> that genre of I movies i yes no as soon as we went into quarantine or lockdown whatever i watched outbreak oh that's what it was on yeah. and well i also think contagion is like pandemic-y or virus-y or something like that too. But, and then there's like this show, it used to be like a CW show. I'm blanking on the name, but it used to be a CW show, had like one season. It was on along the lines of Outbreak as well. I know exactly what you're talking good. about. Blanking on the name, I watched it as well. It was very good. Yes, it's such a good show. I don't know. I don't know what the psychological thing there is because, I don't know, I guess in a way it kind of just helps you, it helped me kind of just deal with, what we were going mm-hmm. through. I don't know. I think there was a part of me that thought this is sick, but it, it, I thought that this was cool. How like, wow, they actually predicted this happening. Like this seems like a prediction. Mm-hmm. I also get a sense of feeling prepared. Like, okay, yeah. I'm watching the characters. We see the mistakes, you know, we get the vibe. It Interesting. Made me prepared. Mm-hmm. Huh. The yeah. Yeah. And depending on how the show or movie ends, you kind of feel like well, maybe that's what will happen for us, too. Yeah, we'll survive. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's a, like when you when you watch the movie, like I think this is, you know, what happens in our brains is that we do have this like this fear adrenaline response. But then we have a great sense of like actual calm and relaxation after the movie as a brain chemical response that it helps our brain go into rest and digest mode. For some people, for other people, they just get like haunted and then they have nightmares and they have like extra anxiety that they didn't have before. But for people who love horror movies, it's sort of like it refreshes your your brain a little bit, helps you actually relax if you if you have that kind of response. Isn't that wild? Yeah, that's crazy. So am I completely alone? And I could be and I accept that. (laughs) But a part of me always feels like really strong when I can sit through a scary mm. movie and I know that other people can't <laughs> like <laughs> there's a part of me that that's like a badge of honor like I'm like yeah I can sit through that I can and I'm not scared 
I'm good. Like I can go out and live my life if I please, or if I want to turn on an episode of Friends to make me laugh, if I please, like I conquered it. And I think that's also, I, again, I could be alone in that, but I think there is some mm. sort of good feeling, like a trophy mm-hmm. almost, like I did it. Oh, then um, you would you love watching it. horror films with my father. Like five seconds in, he's ready to get up and leave. He's ready. To, he can't <laughs> even deal with the previews of it all. Yeah, that makes me feel really good about myself. <laughs> <laughs> so wait do you good. have the same feeling about like uh it's been a long time since i've just been like hanging out in restaurants often but like if if a restaurant is like here's this like super 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 hot sauce like no one can eat it or like no one can finish this thing are you like i can no no i'm not because i i don't well one i don't like oh. spicy so like, i don't care what the prize is <laughs> I don't care how how like nobody's done it before. I am competitive in other mm-hmm. things. So maybe it's a competition thing in me why I feel that way about horror films. But yeah, no, I do have my limits depending on what I'm asked to do. But for horror films, yeah, no. I yes, I do get I do get good good feeling when I can make it through. What about roller coasters? Do y'all like other like adrenaline yeah. thrill seeking kind of stuff? No. No. Oh, oh, interesting, Jamel. No, no, but but there's there's practical reasons of why Jamel doesn't like roller coasters. All right, let's get into this. If the folks okay. that haven't seen me in real life, I'm a hundred and twenty pounds. <laughs> okay, I am a skinny mini. I'm a small guy. You are little guy here. Not much to me. And a lot of roller coasters has the harnesses that come over you. You're bouncing in there, huh? It never clicks far enough for me. I don't care where I go. It never clicks far enough for me. It's that when it goes to the loops, I always like. Oh, no. And the whole ride, I'm constantly thinking about like, I have to really hold on because this is how I'm going to go. I'm going to fall out this ride. And people have fell out of rides before. Yes. feel so unsecure Ugh. like mm. the ride itself doesn't bother me i'm not really a huge fan of heights but that doesn't want to say bother me either it's the fact that i feel like i'm gonna be thrown out the ride mm. yes okay so this is where me and jamil disagree because i love roller coasters the scarier the higher the twistier mm. upside down the better i i will go on rides if anybody has gone to six flags in new jersey there's a ride there called king the cop King the Ka is oh the tallest roller coaster in like the area. I don't know about America, definitely not the world, but it's one of the tallest roller coasters. All it does is go up and down, but it is terrifying to look at that drop. But I best believe I am first in line to get in that. I will ride roller coasters over and over and over again uh, to rebut your people have fallen out of roller coasters argument. Okay, that's like getting struck by lightning like it does not happen so frequently that i feel that's a justified reason to say i'm not writing a roller oh, no, coaster. i will write it don't get me wrong i will come with you Brittany. if you're like jamil come on like suck it up come with me I will do yes it. i will bully it's you it's a horrific way to go like you bully me. that's the sad part i would like i would really cave into the pure pressure of it all and I will, on, I yes. will be one of those folks like, oh, I'm just going to hold the bags. I will get on these rides. I will hold but your while bags. While I'm on the ride, I will be clutching for my life. <laughs> You're a bag holder. Oh. No. Oh, yeah. You're a bag holder? All right. Holder? If anything no. is spinning, I'm out. Like, no. 
You know the rides where it spins like so yeah. fast that you can like climb up the walls. Mm-hmm. Yep that that lays me out. I'm like no, <laughs> I can do like the not the like little kid roller coaster. Obviously, I can do that, but like the one step above that, that's like that's an, an so like carnival ride. No carnival rides. That's a no because I the, that is some rickety business. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Renee's covering her face right now for because y'all can't see that. I'm disappointed. No, rides are so. I'm I'm also just a fan of near death experiences. Well, and, and the reason, like, I'm asking you this is because research actually does show that there's a correlation between loving horror movies and that sort of. Because you know, people are either like they love it, like there's a reason amusement parks exist, you know, because people live for that, or they do not. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's also I feel about horror films? This is something about me that has always been about me. I don't know why, since I was a small kid. I believe I can survive, like, any circumstance. Like, you cannot tell me in my spirit if a zombie apocalypse happened, I wouldn't survive. I feel like I would survive a right. zombie apocalypse. I would survive these horror films if I was put into them. So that, I think, brings me a little comfort. So there's a prepper part of this, too. Like, no I matter suppose. what situation comes to me, I'm going to survive because I've seen all the ways that people don't and all the ways yeah. that they do. Yes. Yeah. And you're sitting on your couch watching these movies, screaming at them like, stupid mistake, dude. You don't go that yes. way. Don't go that I'm that way. person. You go the other way. I actually want to talk more about the near-death experiences, but that, like, reminded me. So yesterday, I'm not going to spoil this, but yesterday I went and saw the new Michael Myers mm. movie, the new Halloween movie. And the amount of times that I was, there weren't many people in the theater besides like me and my friend. And the amount of times the both of us were like, see, now why would you go upstairs? If you know that's Michael Myers, like you mm-hmm. hear someone walking, like right. the house. Why, why, like, why are you going that upstairs movie is boring. to invest? The person who does right. the right thing like, is boring. They don't die. <laughs> it's like, okay, you hear, first of all, you know you're the only person in the house and you hear someone stomping upstairs and in your mind go, Hmm, I better go investigate no. because I probably when cops can't even do that with this guy is beyond me. So I absolutely believe that if I was in these universes where these things happened, I absolutely would know how to survive because I've coached characters through <laughs> this and they failed. <laughs> they failed. They absolutely failed. But so here's I my thing good. too. What was the end goal with that? Right? Like we'll go upstairs, we'll go see who's here. Now what? Now what? Right. Right. Like, what was the plan with this? Was there a plan? Like, what were we thinking? They were trying to be the hero. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. Uh-huh. That, 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 right. <laughs> like, leave your house. Go call the cops. Be a normal human being. Because if I hear someone walking upstairs in my attic, is not. I did no. That's not my job. <laughs> it's not my job. I'm not a trained person on this. This guy. Let me just say that they made this new installment of Halloween after the last one a few years ago. They set the house on fire. Yet there's another Halloween movie. So this guy lived through a burning house, and you think that you can mm. go upstairs and fun? Set but wrong decision. Wrong decision. But okay. That's fine. So yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely believe I could survive. Oh man, this is like, I love this conversation and I want to talk about so many things more. You, before I 
go back to get out. Tell us about the near death experiences. Oh, okay. All right. So I feel like, okay, for me, they're not really near death, but when I explain them to other people, they're like, why do you do that to yourself? So I, on top of just liking roller coasters and like things like that, I'm the type of person I will go into an abandoned place. So a couple of weeks ago, so in October, I go to Salem, Massachusetts multiple times because that is spooky Mm -hmm. town and I'm here for it. And so a couple of weeks ago, I went to Salem. Now, I'm a big Hocus Pocus fan. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. It's a classic. And every time I go, we only really stay in the downtown area. So I decided I was the driver this time. So I decided, I don't mind driving. Let's go look for the other spots that they filmed, they filmed the movie in. So we went and found one of the main characters' houses. Well, in the house, have wait, first of all, have either of you seen the Hocus Pocus oh, yeah. movie? Okay. So you know Thackeray Binks in this mm-hmm. movie, the house that he he has when he was like a child, he was an actual boy. So they, I found the address for this location. It's this old, like wooden, cr- creepy, really creepy house. Now I will say, in none of this movie, the amount of times I've seen this movie, I've never seen water in the movie, like a river or an ocean. Or just like a pond. I've never seen any body of water in this movie. So I'm driving. I'm just, you know, do, 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 looking. I'm on the hunt for this house. And I told my friend, I said, now, if we find this house, we're going inside. Like I'm telling you right now, as long as this has not been transitioned into someone's actual residential home, we're going inside to see like what it's like. I was dragging her in against her will. What I didn't know was that there was water in the in the back of this house. So as I'm driving, looking for the house, I saw a reflection of my car in a body of water. So, yeah, <laughs> but, um, I was a thousand percent game to go into this house. We found the cemetery that Billy, that zombie that they brought back to life, the cemetery that they shot all of that in, which the cemetery is on a hill. So you can't actually see like the headstones or anything like that unless you go over the hill. The neighborhood that this cemetery is, is creepy by itself. Yes, I did drive through it. I walked around. My friend wanted no parts. So I truly was just walking by myself in this pitch black neighborhood. The air just felt eerie. Everything about it. I felt like I truly was in a Halloween movie. And I got to a certain part of the hill and then I truly was staring into blackness. And I'm like, no, I can't be that Mm. one. Like, I can't die. I I just, I can't. Like, (laughs) I need, I'm a character that is going to last. You're you're training kicked in. You're making some very interesting decisions. But Renee's (laughs) a final girl. Yes. No, I absolutely will be part of that. Like the final Mm -hmm. two, I will be part of the final two. And then I just, you know, I like, I like, I like haunted houses and haunted trails. I just went to one here in South Windsor, actually, Nightmare Acres. Highly recommend. No, I don't work for them, but I am going to advertise. <laughs> you, I actually, um, you know, I'm learning more and more right now. Like, I didn't know sort of like the, how big the universe of your your love for scary stuff is. It's big. Oh, yeah, it goes beyond movies. Yeah. yeah, no, it's way beyond movies. I come alive for October because that's when all the spooky stuff comes out. And so I went to, it's it's a trail, but it's like half trail, half 
like trailers almost where there are inside, like not houses, but you go inside and there are people, you know, there to scare you too. It's about 20 minutes long. It feels like it's about 45 though. And there were some things they add in there that are so creative. You're not going to find another Mm. haunted attraction driven to different states in New England for specific haunted houses. Um, And I, I, yeah, no, this is, this is my life. Like, if they had haunted houses year-round, I would be down to go to them year-round. There's actually a challenge I saw online. Now, I'm not going to do this because it's it's actually torture, in my opinion. So there's um, a line. Okay, pay- there's a line. I like it. Yeah. No, this, this, this crosses the line into torture. It's a haunted house attraction of some sort. You have to so – it's like six hours long. You win money for this, but you have to sign a lot of paperwork oh, because the people. <laughs> signing your rights away. Yes, you have to sign a lot of waivers saying that, like, if you get seriously injured, we are not responsible, so you cannot sue us. And they basically interview you. You have to watch a two-hour-long video about it, so you know it's and it's a compilation of different people that went through this attraction that didn't last. Like they've never really had anyone last through it to do the payout. But they interview you and they figure out what you're most afraid oh. of. They get in your oh, mind and then build attraction based off of your fears, and you have to live with your fears for six hours. Your fears that are reality at that point because they're acting them out, but you win like. A ton of money and I actually was contemplating thinking I was like hmm I feel like I'm up for this challenge but it's in like Tennessee or something like that out in the middle of nowhere and I'm like nah they'd it's kill like me they'd kill me off your own quick. personal get out <laughs> yes uh-uh. no they'd kill me off You're like this mm, this black girl no she, she can't she hang. signed the papers <laughs> But yeah, that's as, that's as far as like, so to me, that's not near mm-hmm. death. Like these are fun, but like for other people that are terrified by this stuff, it's like, why do you do that to yourself? It's so fun. It's Well, I you have it. like an underlying sense of security or like safety that this is like a, a an experience that's not real life. Yes. I have fun with these scary things so long as I know there's not actual mm-hmm. danger. So I can go in a haunted house because I know they legally cannot touch me. They chase you for maybe a second if they chase you. Sometimes you know? they have chainsaws. Um, yes, they do have chainsaws. The people with the chainsaws are typically ones that run after you. Um, no big. But but then, like, you hear them go away. You know what I mean? Or some of them, like, because they're normal people, that this is their job, they have conversations with you and it takes away some of the fear because it's like, oh, this is just Steve in a clown costume. Like, oh, okay, he's cool. Yeah, for me, it's not that big of a deal. But there is that thing in my head where it's like, it's it's just a you know haunted house. It's just, just like the movies. It's just a movie. It's just a movie. And that's honestly what I would tell myself mm-hmm. as a kid. It was like, it's just a movie. It's just a movie when I actually truly was scared. And now, like for me, it's not a big deal because I've convinced myself it's just a movie. Until it starts looking like real life. And then that's when I tap out. Hmm. <laughs> so clearly I'm the only weirdo well, in this conversation because no can relate to this. You know, <laughs> they're, here, they're here thinking Renee is crazy. When I was in high school, like we did, there were like a few, I mean, there's urban legends everywhere, right? One of the ones where 
I grew up was that, and it's where I grew up is not spooky the way Connecticut is spooky. Like New New England really truly is like like all the movies like it's it's spooky. Right here. They're set here for a reason. Where I grew up in Northern Virginia, outside of DC, it doesn't have that same feeling. And there's this urban legend called Bunny Man Bridge, and like the the story, like maybe there's other Bunny Man bridges, but there's this bridge that we would drive to that was like kind of far. I think like thirty or forty minutes, like a stone bridge, where in a place where there's not, where it's like very newer urban feeling. So we go, and it was like woodsy, and the the thought was that or like the stories, there was this guy who lived out in the woods who was really creepy. And he would like, I think he skinned rabbits and like wore their clothes, but he also like skinned women. And, you know, like this is not true, but like, this is the story and it's a scary story. Not the way I just told it, <laughs> but it is a scary story. <laughs> and the, the, the legend is that if you drive there and you, you're under the bridge and then you turn off your car, then your car won't start again but that, you know, he's out there, but, and so we would go out, we would drive out and turn off the car and then get really scared. And then we would start the car again and it would work. And then we would drive away like, like we made it. And there were other places like that where we would like go to like have an experience together, like be scared, feel kind of vulnerable, but also like, you know, mostly safe at the same time. Well, Connecticut has tons of places like that. I know quite a few in Bridgeport just because I'm from Bridgeport. So, you know, we do have the haunting on Lily Street, which is on Lily Street in Bridgeport. It's a small little shack of a house where that story is. You, you, you can look at the story. It's a whole crazy mess. Mm-hmm. Um, there is the Remington Arms Factory where folks have allegedly passed and wild working incidents. I guess it was a thing before um, safe practices were happening. There's the Majestic Theater in Bridgeport, which is now being renovated. I hear it's open. I have not been to it. But it was used to be connected to a hotel of like a hundred and so rooms. That place is supposed to be really haunted. Connecticut itself, we have a lot of haunted locations and a lot of them are abandoned now. So take that for what you will. Well, when you're talking about hotels and theaters, like those already sound spooky to me when you're saying that. Yeah, especially at night. Um, there's lots of like YouTube videos of people exploring them at night. Um, I personally would not. I think about practical things like the amount of mice that are probably in these abandoned buildings. That's a real, real life fear. Real life fear. Now, I'm not scared of mice, but I just feel like you know, what if I get bit? You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm a little cautious of a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, the floor gives. Well, I love that. That is what we think about. And, and not like an inhabiting spirit that could be just in that facility. Or no, someone calling the cops on you for trespassing. Me. Yeah, the spirit doesn't that bother too. me. It would be the mice biting me, and now I'm now I caught a disease, and now now I'm in the hospital. That's a thought. That's a thought of mine. <laughs> That's yeah. real. I've definitely been in my church, not during church time, like mm. at night. I wasn't alone in my church, but. Like we would just be there and we definitely seen, or actually there was, this reminds me. So I've heard things in the church at night. Also Renee, you do have ghost stories. I genuinely don't. Like I've never seen a ghost, but I've definitely heard things where I know I'm the only person in this Mm. area. So what is making that sound? But I do know that 
someone I know has seen a ghost in our church. I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen such a thing, but I wouldn't put it mm-hmm. past because churches also have a weird vibe to them when there's no one there and it's at yep. night. But um, in our church, we have a like a like a prophet's chamber where like people visiting, uh, like guests, like guests, like preachers or something like that, can stay the night. Back in the day, when hotels really weren't like a big thing, or they weren't willing to pay for a hotel for the person, but they're like, we have this upper room that you can stay in if you want. And so for a little bit, there was like a person that was like living there. And he would like go out and just like mosey around the church for fun. I don't know what why he would do that. To me, I would stay in my room and watch TV and call it a night. I would not go moseying around a church by myself. Because you've night. seen the nun. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. No better. There were times, so some of the doors are, they're like wooden doors, but they have like really long rectangle windows. He would see like images of people like... <laughs> walking by but he knows that there's no one there (laughs) so who are these people so i'd like to say that my church whatever happened on those grounds before it was a church um is a little bit haunted here in in the great town of east hartford i mean maybe it's just people who are hanging out like not not all ghosts are demons right some are friendly um i think that also really changes your perspective on horror films whether or not you believe in ghosts hmm well, do you? Because if you don't believe in, I do. But if you mm-hmm. don't believe in ghosts, I feel like then you won't take ghost movies seriously. Hmm. Maybe. No, no, no. Do y'all believe in ghosts? What, you, what do you all think? I do believe in ghosts. I do think that, and I, I believe more in spirits than I believe in ghosts. Like yeah. I distinguish between the two. So I have more of a faith in spirit than I do a a ghost because i'm sorry when i think ghost i think mm-hmm. casper interesting and go- yeah like i don't think of a ghost in a human form or i don't know like i can't imagine what a ghost would look like or be but i absolutely believe that there are demonic mm-hmm. spirits I I <laughs> I do believe ghost that. in the same category i put spirits aspirations what i like to call the unexplainable Oh, sure. I do believe that like there are just things that currently we just cannot explain with like reasonable science mm-hmm. the same way they could explain things that we can explain now 200 years ago right. and maybe one day we would have better understanding explanations of the unknown but I definitely do believe in spirit I think it's pretty arrogant to to just say that there's no such thing you know like how do you know hey. I don't know <laughs> And that coupled yeah, with my experiences, I, you know, just seals the deal for me. I mean, a lot of times when I'm afraid, I'm not like, I'm afraid of people, you know, like I'm in like the, we're recording this at night after dark, which is spooky. Um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm the one, I'm the fool who's on campus uh, in my basement <laughs> office <laughs> in the dark. And I'm not, I was going to. I, you know, I, went, I was on campus all day. I went home a couple hours and then came back. And I, I was like, I want to be comfortable, like recording at night. You know, I just want to wear my slippers. And then I was like, you know what? I had a thought. And actually, Renee, you probably would have had this thought. It's like, you know, if you need to run, <laughs> slippers are going to, they're going <laughs> to hold you back. It's a bad yeah. idea. So no, I have tennis shoes on because, just because, you, you know, but it's not about ghosts. It's about like, 
I'm out here in the dark after recording this podcast. It's probably going to creep me out a little bit. And then I'm going to be walking to my car and I just want to be, you know, agile. And is your office yeah. in Engelman? Yeah, there's something in Engelman. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Tell me about it later. (laughs) No windows. No, no, no. Right, and then it's like when I come out, I'm always I I open the door and then I just sort of peek just in case. (laughs) That is absolutely (laughs) hilarious. You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) Well, okay. So we obviously could keep talking all night, but I am I do want to watch some movies like together. Candyman in particular. But I want to talk about the ending of Get Out because it it sort of like brings together a lot of this conversation we've been having about how these movies end. And like so often, like the trope is that, you know, especially we well, for so in so many horror movies, the black characters are there only in service of the white characters. They sacrifice themselves or they have like no real important part. And if they do have an important part, a lot of the time, you know, they're not the hero. They're supporting the hero in some way or another. And they die sooner, if not first, usually first. But Get Out, the ending of Get Out is different. So, and I, I feel like I'm the one who's who's talking the most about like how that goes, but what do you all Well, you're also not watched. I it did watch more it more recently. recently. Okay, so we have this we okay, so all right, fine. I'll just talk about it. So the this character we also get to watch him kill all the people and it's really satisfying because he's escaping Mm -hmm. and he's murdering all of these people and and it's not like it is satisfying it's satisfying to watch that he's you know he's surviving he's like getting out he's getting out there was a moment where i mean i knew that his girlfriend was gonna she was not on his his team, but for a little while I was like, is she in on, oh, she's in on this. Like, when is she going to turn? And then it, there's this moment at the end where she's looking for the keys and he's like, babe, give me the keys. And the whole murderous family's like coming after him. And then she's like, babe, you know, I can't give you the keys. Right. And here he does know this. Um, so he has to like get his own way out longer story short we end up where he's like fighting her to the death basically on the road and we see like cop lights and like first so like the obvious uh, this is a major spoiler Jamel we have to like let people know in the intro (laughs) right all the movies we have spoiled (laughs) yep I mean my guess is that most people have seen this movie or they've decided like I'm absolutely not going to see it ever so I'm happy to hear it. So we see the so okay, we have like a white woman and a black man on the road and they're like bloody and like it's one of those yeah. situations where you're pulling up you don't and the assumption it would bad. be it looks it bad. Looks bad for him, right? Like traditionally in mm-hmm. most movies we would think like, well, the cops are going to kill him. Yeah. Well, also to remind you there's a mm-hmm. house full of white bodies, and there's a single black man who just killed all these people. Right. How do you but, explain that you would just hypnotize into? You can't. That's, you can't explain that. No one's gonna believe. Right. 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 And so it's like, oh no. And then you know, like maybe best case scenario, like he gets like arrested. Like what a crappy end to a movie. Like oh, that would be so depressing. 
it's like he almost gets out and then he goes to prison for the rest of his life you know it's like oh but no it's his friend who works for the tsa which is this like beautiful piece of humor like his best friend is so wonderful yes it's his friend coming to save him and he gets out like there's no police there's no like his friend saved him he survived and that's the end of the movie it's like hell yeah yes no it's amazing i also just want to highlight the fact that while he's killing her whole family Mm -hmm. she's upstairs oh yeah look online drinking a glass of milk in bed like a true right that was probably the most terrifying part of the movie like who just drinks a glass Mm -hmm. of milk Uh, can i tell you all the secrets i also want to say i would drink a glass of milk stop (laughs) (laughs) everyone's listening to this podcast don't tell a single soul that i will drink a glass of milk by itself but i absolutely will that's so funny serial killer right there I also, it just popped in my head too that the only reason he truly came to blows with this girl was because he saw the black help struggling or something like that. She was in the road, if I remember correctly, right? Mm-hmm. The the woman that was black and was like their maid or something yep. like that. He was like hurt or trying to get out or something like he saw her in the rearview mirror and told himself like, no, I shouldn't go back to her. I shouldn't. You could see him wrestling. Like, should I yeah. get out and help her because of his guilt with not helping his mm-hmm. mom when she right. was, yeah, these are major yeah. spoilers for <laughs> watching, wants to watch this movie because of the guilt he felt with his mom. It's just like, do I go back and help her when like, she's not, you know, safe here and I lost that opportunity to save my mom which is the tactic that they used against yes. him to like hold the captive there all of these intricate details that they're like whoa okay that's smart this entire movie was smart the ending was great I was cheering yeah. I was cheering when he figured out how to get out I was cheering the entire time I, I distinctly remember yes. that because it was like, yeah, no, 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 no. Show these people you cannot just do this. This is not okay. Yeah, it really, you know, especially it was interesting to watch those and then go back and watch like the Annabelle movie where there's literally a black character who's like, oh no, I'll save your baby's soul and just jumps out the window. I'm like, what? Yeah. Definitely progression and how we are in horror movies. Because yeah, we're always the first ones to die. We're really only ever put in movies for some humor. We always crack a joke at some point in the movie, and that's what makes us memorable. And then yeah. we die. <laughs> okay. It, yeah. Well, there's a really fantastic, it's from 2019, I think, um, a documentary called Horror Noir that is all like Black directors, actors, producers of horror movies, like some who have been in like, like the woman who was in The Craft and original Candyman and you know, all of these folks who are talking about like the whole his and scholars talking about the history of, of black horror and bringing us through to the present. And like at the end, talking about all the like amazing storytellers and, and movies that are that are coming out and how the, the things have really like well, there's sort of a renaissance in, in black horror, you know, which get out is sort of part of a legacy because you know it didn't come out of nowhere there's certainly a legacy but you all should definitely check out that movie 
the documentary because it also gave me a whole list of things. I'm like a, a new person. I'm like, a, now I have a whole list of, of all of these horror movies yeah, yeah, that yeah, I want to yeah. watch. I just need to find time in the dark by myself with headphones on so that my partner is not terrorized. <laughs> <laughs> um yes please welcome to the dark side right. it's a lot of fun over here yeah <laughs> we have fun down here all right y'all well speaking of the dark i'm about to go walk through the dark parking lot and i'll be texting you <laughs> to let you know i get home okay but really like so fun um spooky season is still you know we have plenty of time yet in spooky season so renee i hope that you really make the most out of your favorite time of year you know well, I maybe will. you should bring us maybe we should go to a haunted house or something now real talk on the road real talk on yeah. the road reporting live from running from a personal chainsaw <laughs> listen trail of terrors wallingford let's do my it my heart guys. rate just increased even just with the suggestion oh of that. renee so i was telling casey this i think we should do it now in The Conjuring, how they keep all of the haunted items, it's in Monroe. We should go see them. We should, we should go, go see, see them. them. Yes. yes. I've been wanting to go. That gives me a good reason. Let's do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Casey, your answer is yes. So we're doing this. Um, <laughs> I thought we were consent-based. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing that. Absolutely. I've been dying to go see this, like... I have no Collection idea if it's open to the public letters. or not, but we can look into that. But when it is, I'll be the one to crack a joke and die first. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. It's been real. Yes. This was fun. Very. All right. We'll talk to you all soon. <laughs> <laughs>